Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Tales podcast, the show where we talk about Texas history and enjoy ourselves a cocktail or two. I'm Ryan. And this is Tracy. Why don't you pour yourself a drink and join us for what we're sure will be a stimulating, partially factual Tales About Texas. stuff that I've read it seems pretty fascinating man um, but you know that's about as much as I know is just the fact that it's got a cool history yeah it's it's one of those things where I studied it uh, for a bit of my own personal time and like just the more I read the more I read the more I read it's just it's a it's a really fascinating story it really goes down as one of those Texas ghost towns I mean that's how you can kind of uh, describe it early on and I'll jump forward a bit and then come backwards, but it was, uh, I mean, it was one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, uh, was the second largest port behind Galveston in Texas. Um, it was used pre, uh, the Texas, um, battle for independence as like a Mexican deep water Mexican port. Like it mm. was a very, very significant, uh, place in Texas history kind of early on. Yeah. The, the, in, I think that there'll be a trend of this as my topics go on, which is, you know, if, um, if you hear our podcast on uh, the POW camps and the Germans and stuff like that, really the the effect that German migration had on Texas is, is huge. Oh, sure, yeah. And, and it was not felt any more than, uh, than in Enola. Hmm. And... So we'll go back a bit. So I mentioned kind of uh, pre-Texas, uh, really kind of um, the Mexican Texas. It was used as a port. Um, it was a big place of entry for a lot of different folks. This was before the United States had the standards of Texas of like those ports of entry. You've got to come here and you've got to classify as a citizen. It was a free-for-all. It was a free-for-all. Oh, you could come today. wherever, just pull your boat up, unload. Totally different from today. Yeah. So... And this is a little off subject, but it really feeds into what, what we're talking about. So after, so the time frame that we're talking about is about nine years after Texas is independence from Mexico. So just okay. to kind of, in context, that's about where we are. Gotcha. Where we're talking about is current day Matagorda Bay. Sure. Um, so it's about two and a half hours southwest of Houston, mm-hmm. um, if you're going out that direction. Great fishing. Great fishing. Uh, until this, the... Ice apocalypse this last freaking ice Jesus. So they um, so Indianola uh, was originally called. It was uh, early on. It was called Indian Point. It was called Indian Point. So it was called Indian Point. There was a group in Germany mm-hmm. called the. I'm gonna mess this up. Well. You do as best you, you can. You can fact check me, but don't correct me on if the people pronunciation. Start fact checking, this whole thing falls apart. Adele Spareen. <laughs> so the Adele, it's a house of cards. <laughs> so the Adele Spareen was a group in uh, Germany that loved the idea. I've heard of this of Texas. Yeah, 
So they also, there was a lot going on in Germany at the time. This is about Texas history, so I'm not going to get too much into the German history. There was a lot going on in time, and they were really looking at colonization and colonizing another land. Mm -hmm. um, Texas was one of many that they were looking to do. Mm -hmm. They loved the idea of it. And so what they did was they set a couple scouts over here, and they're like, Texas is the most beautiful place, land of opportunity. You can do whatever you want. It's, it's great here. And they, um, they started sending people here. Mm -hmm. So we'll spend other episodes talking about this, but initially what happened was that Carl, Prince of Psalms, landed here. Man, that's a, that's a name. <laughs> well, he's, that's... He's, he's the top German official at the time. So with a title like that, he better be somebody important. He was important. So okay. he, was, he was basically appointed to lead this whole expedition to Texas. Mm. And so he gathers his crew of folks and he goes and says, this is where we're going to land. It happened to be Indian Point. Okay. Again, deep water port, great location, yeah. absolutely loved it. The initial thought was, once he got here, is they were going to land, and they were going to head in inland, but they were going to go more northeast okay. towards what you think of today as Round Top, Brenham, that whole area. Oh, yeah, sure. And they absolutely did that. So there was, there was an expedition there, they built a plantation there, and they were really going to kind of uh, establish themselves there. They sent back to Germany, and they said... This place is amazing. Mm -hmm. More people should come. We're going to really settle this and we're going to have, you know, tons of Germans here. Yeah, right? right. So this is going to be a Germany with inside of Texas. And that's really what the goal was, was to really Germanize Texas as much as possible. So they, they landed here. They started bringing folks in. The moment that they got here, what they realized is that Carl was very good. Carl, the prince. was it's your buddy, Carl. Fantastic at like identifying where to come and where to go. But when they did send all the people here, um, he was not so good at the preparation. Oh. So bring them. But once they get here, we don't really have a good place for them to so stay. So they had a good idea. To live. Yeah. I mean, not this much is, follow through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. This is still a pretty wild area. Uh, imagine the Texas coast today. Wet. Mosquitoes. Warm. And then meningitis. Oh, yeah. Tuberculosis. Too, yeah. yeah, so it, it became a festering place. So here's my here's my thought on this uh, for old Carl. It's a great idea. I applaud him because I agree with him that Texas is a phenomenal place. And he was on point there. But I believe in those days, it probably took you close to two years to make the journey. And I'm I'm exaggerating, but... It took a long time to go from Germany by boat to Indian Point, Not Texas. Not a fun adventure to me. Not a fun <laughs> adventure. Uh, so you had time to prepare. You had you had some time to get the game plan in order. Yeah, no game plan. And Carl dropped the ball on that. He did not have a and game plan. And if I'm one of these uh, German immigrants coming into Texas, this paradise that I can settle and you know start anew, and I've just fought... Like the worst seasickness of my life, and I finally get to dry land, and you don't have a game plan. It's, I'm going to be a little bit upset. It's so much worse than that. So what actually happens is they give up on the whole Round Top Burnham plantation feudal style castle thing that they were going to build there, which harkened back to old Germany, but mm. took on some of the southern traditions or Texas traditions they had. Because of that reason, Germany was not a slave state. And so um, what they witnessed was that some of the Germans were coming here and adapting more of what that lifestyle would be, which is we get a lot of land. We don't have anybody to work it. We need slaves. And so he basically said, no, we don't support that at all. Yeah. But 
not supporting that meant that he didn't necessarily have a full plan. Gotcha. The plan B was, we're going to go to New Braunfels, which is actually named after Carl of Braunfels. Oh, okay. So that's where New Braunfels is. The challenge with New Braunfels is, you're in Indian territory. Mm-hmm. So you're getting raided and killed. You're, you're not past the border of where you should be. You, oh, you are hundreds of miles past the border of where you should be. Which makes you kind of wonder how he even found it to begin with. If he had gone that far past what was, I guess, considered So they had expeditions. He was very unfamiliar with the territory, very unfamiliar with what was going on at that time, was actually warned against doing that. But he did go do it, and he fell in love with that area that we think of today as kind of New Bronzeville, San Marcos, that whole, you know, west of Austin area. Okay, so it's it's your belief that he willingly went into this area he took a left he zigged instead of zagged and it wasn't it wasn't unintentional it wasn't like he got lost and ended up over here he meant to go that direction he meant to go that direction you gotta think this is only nine years after after the alamo after fell i mean they are still dealing with comanches long after that time Mm -hmm. so i mean they are way out in the frontier so these folks land, he doesn't have a good trail to get them there. So he still has to build this trail to take all these folks there. Many folks of these Germans, they die in Indian Point in, in, in his new town, and they never make it. Some actually, do, actually quite a few do over the years. So quite a few of them go out there, and that's why you have New Braunfels and Bernie and a lot of those towns out there that are very German-inspired. That's, that's, that's why it happened. Gotcha. In the meantime, though, so people are staying there, and they're forming, and they're building the town. It becomes a very thriving town. And I would say, do this, I actually spent a lot of time because I, I am kind of passionate about kind of what happened here is they have old newspapers you can go see. Mm. I mean, they, they, and it's an Indian point daily and they really, they talk about it. They lay out all the business that's happening, all the money that's flowing in. Mm. They actually build trains that go from New Orleans to Indian point. They have ships coming in. They build a big harbor. They've got the biggest boats you can imagine, long piers going out into the ocean to welcome these, these folks. They are trading goods constantly. It is, it's amazing. So the only town at that time bigger, as I mentioned, was Galveston. And it was just because Galveston had a little bit of a head start over Indianola. It was a little bit closer to New Orleans so and the Brazos River. So it really was kind of a place for trade. Hmm. The thing about Indianola is, it's and the reason why it's a ghost town is, and like many towns is, it just never could catch a break. Yeah. And that's the thing. So about 10 or 12 years after Indianola was, you know, uh, founded and started to be established, it got hit by one of the biggest hurricanes before we tracked hurricanes, before you knew they were coming. So Freaking everything hurricanes. was built at sea level. Ugh. So everything was at sea level. So they had literally built up roads to the roads to the water. People are coming in. Well, Everyone's having a great day. I'm sure it was blue skies. People are out, you know. Germans don't know about hurricanes. They have. <laughs> what do Germans know? There is absolutely no clue. And they get hit by, at the time, the biggest hurricane that they had ever seen in Texas. And it absolutely demolishes the town. They have pictures, sketches, all bit. <laughs> but they have crudely actually, drawn. They do. Yeah. They have actually had crudely drawn sketches. And of the town to where the water had completely, as you can imagine, it was like 15 feet into mm. the town. Houses have been washed away. Um, there's stories where that I had read where 
people were trying to leave town just like in New Orleans today. People were like, I'm not leaving town. There's no reason to leave town. And they're getting wiped away. People are coming in trying to rescue them. Those people are getting pulled into the ocean. Ships are being crashed and they found them like miles inland. Like it was one of the most devastating things. So you still had those people even back then that refused <laughs> Absolutely. against better advice to leave the I don't believe it's going to happen this time. Wow. Okay. So they, uh, so the folks left, storm goes away, and they come back and they say, there's nothing here, mm-hmm. but we are going to take time to rebuild. And so they do. So they rebuild, um, and it's better than ever. And they say, at that point, Indianola is one of the biggest towns in Texas. Um, boats are coming in again. They've got more people coming in from the east trying to get rich. They've got folks coming in from the west. Now at this point, they've got multiple railroads coming into town. They are actually trading more with uh, or as much with New Orleans as Galveston is. Um, It really is. And so they are kind of a port for the west. I was going to say, so based on where you're telling me it was at, it sounds like it was really the furthest west Point the that furthest we most had west point time. you have. Right. So essentially, you're able to bring um, cattle in from New Orleans. You're mm-hmm. able to bring it into Indianola, and then they would ship it out to California and kind of far west through that that uh, hmm. uh, that trail. Then they also had the established German settlements now that were happening uh, in New Braunfels and San Marcos, that whole Austin area, and so they were going up there. So there was there was a lot of trade happening. So if anything happened there, it was there. Facts, fact. Uh, the first frozen beef transportation ever happened between Indianola and New Orleans. Oof. They actually had a ship of frozen beef. I got to tell you, I'm not sure that I'm going to trust that. <laughs> well, it was innovation I, at the time, you know, right? Good, if not, it was, live, yeah, it was live bovine Somebody had to be that. the guinea pig. <laughs> but I can tell you, I don't know that I'm going to be the they first did. in line that's, to eat that That's beef. one of the uh, That's, that's one pretty of the interesting. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it couldn't catch a break. Yeah. Right. And so 11 years later, another ginormous hurricane came in and wiped it out again. Yeah, man. Literally wiped it out. So the town now has hotels, more hotels than you can say, more bars than you can imagine. It's got restaurants, the houses. It's, it's a sprawling town and it gets hit again by a hurricane. The news was so big this time that the news traveled actually to New, uh, traveled to New York. Chicago, all of the big newspapers that time actually carried that Indianola got hit by a hurricane and it was destroyed and people were just baffled. Well, yeah. the first time, even just you know ten years earlier, it wasn't much news. This time, it was it was a major major problem. So again, resilient people they come back to the town and they say we're going to try to rebuild and they do and it's 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 slow going. The town gets hit a couple years later. By a devastating fire that destroys oh, it's a the fire this time. town. Oh. Yeah, first time it was water. This time it's fire. What if you're that guy? Dude. What if you're that guy who started that fire and you're <laughs> like, man, I just am the worst. So it literally was the nail in the coffin. And the reason why I find this the story so amazing is because just like... So you just moved forward in 1900 which isn't too far later, and Galveston is absolutely destroyed the exact same way. So you have to imagine that the the Galvestonians... Ah, well, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Galvestonians are looking at Indianola and being like, idiots. (laughs) Quitters. (laughs) Quitters, 
And it wouldn't be but just another decade later before they're absolutely destroyed by another hur- the, the biggest hurricane in Texas history, which absolutely destroyed Galveston. Yeah, I was going to say. So I knew about the Galveston. It was like the 1900 yep. uh, hurricane. Yeah, you know, it, I didn't know that Indianola's history was so troubled. It makes sense because I feel like everything back in those days was just sure. the worst. It was you're barely even a fighting chance, right? So, so you're telling me that basically they got hit by two hurricanes and then a fire, and that was quits. That was it. What did they do? They walk away? Did they go? I think they swam they away. Scattered. They swam away the first couple times, and I think at the end they're like, "This place <laughs> is this place is absolutely doomed." Yeah, between the bugs, between the bugs and the hurricanes. Yeah, I wanted to write a ballad one time. So let me tell you about this. So I was going to write a ballad. You about, clearly had a couple TX whiskeys at this point. Obviously, I did. Doing this, yeah. About a guy who's sitting in a hotel in Galveston. Who had survived the two hurricanes and the and the fire? Oh, that's a good and idea. And he's looking out the bay, saying how beautiful it is here, and it's 1900. Oh, <laughs> so oh. I figured that would be a sad ballad that you could write one day for somebody. That is heartbreaking. But the idea is, yeah, I mean, they just they were up against it the entire time, and it was. If you think about, and I think this is why the importance and why I really kind of gravitate to the story is, um, we don't know about it. We, it's not really in our what we think about. But if you think about how many thousands of Germans came through Indianola and settled there and actually became what we know of German Texas today. I mean, think yeah. about it. You wouldn't have warm beer. You might have warm beer. Kolaches. Uh, all the good strudel, things. Strudel. Right. I mean, so many things that we like all having here. Things. I mean. Polka music. Uh, Is polka music German? Yeah, it should be if it's not. I was going to say, I feel like it might be Czech. Beer and brats. Worst, worst fest. Worst fest. Again, don't know if that's German or Czech. Uh, but let's go with it. All of y'all listening here, it's Indianola that we have to thank for all of this, that's and amazing. I think that a lot of it is is lost on it. And so it's the town that never was that absolutely could have been. Yeah. Right. And um, there's no reason outside of the two hurricanes and the fire that Indian. You wouldn't be talking about Indianola the same way you talk about Galveston. Well, now. here's the deal. You know, I I think it's a super interesting history, and I I love the the story behind it. But you know, Texas doesn't really deal with quitters. So <laughs> you know, good riddance. All right. Is fast, kind of how I'm feeling on this one. Fast back on this. Okay. The the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Played with the idea of camels. By the way, there's gonna be a lot of people that know about this, dude. I heard this and I was fascinated by it. So I know very little about it, but the point of entry for the camels, Indianola. Yeah, yeah, I heard this. Uh, super cool. Also, I'm amazed that we don't have more camels today. I think we because should. I feel like Texas has the climate right. You got them in like. Northern Africa, Texas is kind of on the same on the same latitude there. Uh, I would love to see more camels. So they actually Texas. came in from you know they shipped them out via the Chihuahua Trail. Okay, heading out west, and they were they were carrying like uh, supplies and stuff, right? They yes, were using them for army. like it was almost like pack mules. They were pack camels. mules. They were transport. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, there's so much history there. They've got um, if you go in and read about it, they had and that's what I was saying before is they've got they had baseball teams. So they would say like the East Indianola Argonauts are playing oh, West that's cool, Indianola, man. whatever, and you can see their scores and their I didn't games. Know that. Teams from Houston and Galveston traveled in, from San Antonio traveled in to play against these like early baseball teams. 
Now, isn't that amazing to think that they have like, you have that much recreational time and like absolutely. this time period you're just trying to survive is the way I'm I picture it. But I, they have enough rec time <laughs> to have travel baseball. There were some these are some lucky folks. That's Texas. That, that so, sounds right. Anyways, like a short sweet story, but like I yeah. said, I think there's so much history with Indianola and it fascinates me. I read on it constantly. And um, like I said, there's just little out there, and you just got to go kind of read for it for yourself. But yeah, I love your point, man. I love the fact that it was the furthest west port. It kind of became this thriving town because of all the immigrants that were coming in and that were kind of uh, populating the western portions of the territory that was known at that time. Uh, and the fact that it it survived as long as it did, despite the catastrophes that it it lived through. It's fascinating, man. I definitely think it's it's worth diving further into. Like I said, I didn't know much more about it, uh, you know, than than just what I'd read prior to when you brought it up. But I think it's I think it's a cool a cool story. Thank you, Prince Bronsfeld. We appreciate you. Uh, Thanks. Well, number one for the name, Carl Prince Songs. Number two for for settling New Bronzeville's in all the river towns because that's just and the for, best. And for Worst Fest. And for Worst Fest. God bless you. Cheers. Cheers, bud. All right, friends, that's going to do it for this episode of the Texas Tales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to keep up with us outside of the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at TXTalesPodcast, or you can visit our online store at www.independencetrailretail.com for all things Texas swag. I'm Ryan, and that's Tracy. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.